It's good to be with you here this morning. My name is Brandon, and I'm our Connections Pastor here at the church. Uh, great to be with you this morning. Freitas, my family, we are in birthday season. And uh, we just got done celebrating Camden's birthday on Friday. His birthday was on Friday. It sort of leaked into Saturday, though. I don't know if your family's experienced birthdays like we do, but sometimes if they happen over a weekend, they take a weekend to celebrate. And in fact, my wife uh, currently has a birth week that we celebrate, all right? It's like Monday through Sunday kind of deal. We make sure we celebrate that in a really great way. But it's interesting because with Camden's birthday this year, he's turned 12. And as he turned 12, what we found is that his, his idea of what he wanted wasn't really clear as it was when he was like a little kid. When he was like three, four, five years old, you could wrap up a kitchen utensil and that kid would play with that all day long, right? But as he's gotten older, his, his preference for what he wants for his birthday is, is a little less clear. He, he's sort of in that toy range still, but also graduating to electronics a little bit. And so what we came uh, talking with him with as, as it related to what we would get him, there was a lot of this word being used in this specific birthday, and that was the word maybe, maybe. I don't know if you use that word with your kids or if you've ever used that word with your kids. My guess is you have. And maybe can mean a lot of different things, right? The word maybe means perhaps. It means possibly. It means we'll see. And I, I, I was sort of disenchanted because I think for my kids, as they hear the word maybe, as we've gotten older, they're starting to understand that no, it just means no. Dad just means no when he says maybe. It's a little disingenuous because I, as a dad, I, I, I want good things for my children. I want to bless them. I do want to get them what they want. But chances are, as the years have gone on, that maybe isn't always a yes. And that could be the same with you as well. When somebody says the word maybe to you, how do you think of that word? Is your first instinct of all the reasons that it can't happen? Because if that is what you hear when you hear the word maybe, I'm here to share this morning that that is going to be a very big problem for the people of God and the people that have faith in Jesus Christ. If we hear the word maybe and instinctively we think that it poses more of a problem than a possibility, that is going to be difficult. See, our lives, what do they revolve around maybes, don't they? Maybe I'm going to get that job promotion. Perhaps I'm, I'm going to be able to step into that new position of leadership, whether it's at my work or whether that's at church. Maybe it's even a new role within the family dynamics that I hold. It's possible that this relationship in my life can be healed. It's possible that God wants to restore this relationship. Maybe, maybe if I change this in my life right now, I am going to experience, I am going to see God move in such a way that I have more peace in life, that I experience more purpose in my life. Maybe after maybe after maybe, our lives revolve around this. And if our first instinct isn't like what my children's first instinct was when they were little, seeing that possibility, seeing that it could work out, seeing that, yes, this is something that may happen, if we don't adopt that principle behind our own maybes of life, what does that mean for our faith? What does that mean for our faith opportunities? 
just maybe. If you've been hanging out with us on Sunday mornings, you know that we've been in this series, this teaching series called Take the Lid Off. And Pastor Brian has been challenging us to think of just lids, lids in our lives, the barriers that are keeping us from the greatness of God in our lives. The barriers and the lids that we put on ourselves that maybe we project on a holy God and and then create that lid over time. And so we've been looking week to week of the things that what if we were to dig in just a little bit more, do the hard work at looking at what the lids are of our own lives. What might God want to do to remove whatever it is that is preventing us from that greatness? And we've identified tons of lids, the lid of comfort, the lid of fear. This morning, I want to talk about that lid of the maybe, because as I get older in my faith journey, that word maybe is something that becomes much more valuable to me, and I don't know if if that relates to you, but for me, for me, God just is using that maybe to say, what what could I do in your life, Brandon? What could I do at this stage of you knowing me to have you take the next step that I want you to be on? See, it's a crossroads for many of us, even within this series, because we've been in week four, we've been talking about all these lids, and I think we're at that tipping point for many of us of like, well, do I want to take the lid off? Do I really, really want to allow God to move in this lid that, I, that I, would, I would not have as the thing that sort of drives my life or the thing that I look to for my faith? What if, what if I took that opportunity Maybe would God do that in my life? And we want to be certain. Many of us are not going to take that leap. Many of us are at that crossroads, but we want to be 100% certain. Certainty, certainty is something we hold on to and grasp on to, cling to in many ways. But as the older I get as well in my faith journey, here's what I'm understanding. That I have never been more certain about things, about the truth of God's word and what he's doing in my life And I have also never been less certain about what God's up to in this world and what he's doing in my life. In the same breath, you can have this true confidence that becomes independent of your circumstances, and you can also ask questions. You can also doubt. You can also have some of that self-doubt. Two things can be true at the same time, and we reach these different dimensions of our faith in, in our everyday lives, these, this, this tension, if you will, that we just navigate. We're all here to recognize that there's some uncertainty, but that there are some things that we feel so confident about what God is doing. If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write down this first one because it deals with our certainty, because I know I have some people in the room that are certainty oriented people, the way God's made you, the way your job looks, I want you to write this down. Faith is not a formula. Faith in God is not a formula. And I believe the more we try to make it a formula in each of our lives, the less valuable that it's going to become for us. Because this walk with Jesus, we know this, this walk with Jesus won't ever allow us to have all of the facts. Theologians, world-renowned theologians, have debated certain things in the Scripture, have looked into God's Word and, and butted heads over certain passages, certain things in God's Word. And, and so there's only so much that this faith in God 
and where it begins and where our human understanding ends or begins. In other words, faith starts when we stop, when we stop, when we stop making it a formula, when we stop trying to have every single thing make sense, when we acknowledge that we don't understand all things or how all things work in our lives and in the world around us. I love how God's lowest, lowest thoughts can still be higher than our thoughts, our philosophies, our, our programs, our processes, right? And, and accepting that, especially for us people that strive for certainty, it's going to take an amount of humility. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9 says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So here are some questions we have. Well, how do I know that you're moving then in my faith journey, God? How can I be confident, God, that you're real, that you're hearing my prayer? How can I be confident that you're moving on behalf of me right now? I know you understand the context fully and you know the future, but how can I trust that that's safe? How can I be sure that what I'm believing for will actually happen? Are, are you positive, God? Are you positive that you're doing this very thing? And what if I told you, what if this pastor told you that it's almost always a maybe? It's almost always a maybe because faith isn't a formula. And many of us will need to gain that certainty and we're trying to gain it from God. You want to be certain about something. And here's what you can be if you're striving to be certain about something. Here's what you can be certain about that your maybe in any situation doesn't cancel out your faith. Your maybe doesn't cancel that out. When you feel that strong impression that you're supposed to start something, think of, think of that for a moment. For many of us parents, when you started out having children, that was a certainty for many of us. Now's the time, now's the situation where we're in a season that this just seems to make sense. But then you had someone maybe in your ear that was questioning that thing that you were about to do, that decision you were about to make. Are you sure this is the right time? I had some people in my ear at that time, and I felt like we had done a good job of waiting. Jenny and I had had this experience where we got to date and, and, and really spend time working on our marriage, and there were still individuals, loving and careful, caring individuals that loved the Lord coming alongside us. Are you sure now's the time? Are you completely sure? And faith is okay with not knowing. It's okay with the maybe. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really close to sure. <laughs> But maybe this isn't the exact time. I'm going to trust God with the results of what takes place by having these children, right? And the reason it's so challenging that all of, for all of our ideas that God's going to work, that he should be working, is because we make presuppositions about God. And those presuppositions that we make, they are collapsing. They collapse under the weight I'm going to presuppose about God, and then life just happens. They, they collapse under the weight of a medical report, or they collapse under the weight of a, a broken marriage. Those things we presuppose about God doing something and, and moving in a way that we expect Him to move, they collapse under not having enough money or just a, enough amb ambiguity about our situation. 
And see, I need a faith that's stronger than that. I need a faith that lives with ambiguity. Richard Rohr, who's a famous priest, he said, I need a faith that can be patient with mystery. So I don't know when I see it, when I can't explain it, when I can't say it, when I can't feel it, I need a faith still where I can make it. I still need a faith that's not a formula. And my challenge this morning is that maybe we need a maybe faith. Like Jonathan. We need a maybe faith like Jonathan of the Bible. Many of you hear the name Jonathan. You grew up in the church and you're thinking of, well, Jonathan, isn't he the famous guy because of King David and that relationship? And the reason we tend to be familiar with that name is because of David. I believe Jonathan and all of his workings and all the things he teaches us about really life deserves like truly like the best supporting actor award because this guy teaches us some really key lessons that are really helpful. And so for the scripture we're going to dive in today, what we see is a transition that's taking place. Question for you, are you in transition right now? In February, the new year, how's your transition life? Because transitions equal opportunities. Transitions will always equal and create for us an opportunity to trust that much more in God. And in this particular transition that we see this morning, we see a guy by the name of King Saul that has transitioned to a place of losing his way. He's lost his way and he's lost his trust in God. And so King Saul, this king, is unable to commit himself to the ways of God. And so rather than engage in that relationship... Rather engage in his relationship with God, Saul decides to make God a formula, to manipulate his way with God. Dare I say that he's trying to maneuver and, 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 and do things in of his own will, but then give credit to or not give credit to God. And so he's treating God as some kind of mechanism to get what he wants when he wants it. And so he, he loses this unique ability to hear from God. And you see, when we lose the ability to hear the voice, when we lose that ability to just understand God and His Word and what He's speaking to us, we are wasting energy. We are wasting our time, our resources on all kinds of other situations when God is trying to form and direct us. We need to remove that lid. Saul lost the ability, and now he's surrounded by his enemies, the Philistines. And so his people are hiding. They're hiding from this enemy, caves and rocks and thickets. And we hide all the time, don't we? We take our moments to, to hide in places, maybe not rocks or caves, but in our mindsets we'll hide. Maybe in our patterns we'll hide. Maybe in our habits we'll hide. Maybe even in our isolation, away from God, we will take these opportunities to hide. And, and if I can hide from God, maybe I can also hide from the risk. Maybe I can also hide from the opportunity that he wants to point towards me. And so this was the situation in 1 Samuel chapter 14. We're going to start in verse 23 of 13. Check this out. 1 Samuel 13, 23. The pass at Michmash had meanwhile been secured by a contingent of the Philistine army. Michmash, fun word to say this morning. Makes me think of McDonald's for some reason. 1 Samuel 14, 1 through 4. Let's continue on with the story. One day, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come on, let's go to where these Philistines are out in this outpost, where they have their outpost. But Jonathan didn't tell his father, King Saul, 
what he was doing. Meanwhile, Saul and his 600 men were camped on the outskirts of Gibeah, around the pomegranate tree at Migron. Continuing in verse 3, no one realized that Jonathan had left the Israelite camp. To reach the Philistine outpost, Jonathan had to go down between two rocky cliffs that were called Bozes and Sinai. Now pause there for a second. Because on each side of Jonathan, on each side of his armor bearer are cliffs. And one is called Bozes, which means slippery. The other is called Sinai, which means thorny. And as, as we look at maybe faith, I just want to land on two key thoughts this morning, all right? The first thought I want you to write down as we're looking at this scripture is that process is greater than pain. Process is greater than pain. Check this out. I mean, it would be enough to have to traverse and work your way down to this Philistine outpost with cliffs alone. <laughs> but one cliff was slippery and one was thorny. Did anyone ever tell you that this faith journey was going to be easy? Did anybody ever make that comment to you? And if they did, don't you want to punch them in their face right now, right? You don't want to do that. But if anybody ever came up to you and said that the journey of faith was going to be easy for you, I think the people of God understand that that's not the case. That we have a lot of things that slip, that we slip up in. There are a lot of ways that we get prickly things pointed in our direction and, 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 and makes it difficult along the way. But catch this, the process of Jonathan reaching those Philistines, it would require all of those things that could distract him. And he saw those two things at either side of him, and yet he still went. He still was going to be available to the process that God was going to bring him through. The process of becoming the man of God or the woman of God that he wants you to be, it's going to have some difficulty with it. It's going to have some, some molding and some shaping along the way. And many of us live under this notion that we are in God's will if there's a lot of peace that surrounds that. We, we, we're under the notion, we're under the impression that we are in God's will if no difficulties show themselves, if things feel good to us. That's when we're in the will of God. If I can understand it, if I'm in the will of God, can all those things be true? Maybe. Yeah. Yes, with some intentionality. Absolutely, those things can be true. But if you're in a slippery place, if you're in a thorny place, you can also be in the will of God. God is still moving. And many of us just need to quit telling ourselves the story that it has to look a certain way, that I have to have 100% certainty with that very place. If you are in an uncertain uh, place, that does mean that you're also in process just as much as if you're facing the things that did manage your, uh, meet your expectations. So as God's looking to shape you, as God's looking to shape me into the version that looks more like his son Jesus, part of that process may hurt a bit. God may, might let you uh, have to, he may call you, let's say this, to let go of a position that you've been holding for a long time, that you've been identifying yourself with a title 
a certain job you had, he may be telling you to let go of that position, of that name you've given yourself for that purpose. He may call you to, to sell or to give away something that's very valuable to you in a certain season. He may call you to say goodbye to a certain relationship, and that relationship could have been the closest friend you've had for a certain season. He may be asking you to do that. And when we become open to this, this season that he's taken us through, in, in of all those scenarios, when we just become open to what he might be up to, the shaping, the molding, the process, even if it's uncomfortable, he has something to give you out of that. He has something special to give you. Be encouraged that the pain that you feel in that moment is never gonna outweigh the process in what he's making you. I mean with a gentleman right now, and this gentleman is going through the worst of the worst when it comes to this marriage piece. Um, he's, he's really walking through some crazy pain, and he's so self-aware that he knows some of that pain he has caused. He's really self-aware of the things he needs to work on in himself. And his significant other is now not necessarily saying that she's on board for the process to heal this marriage. She's got a lot to consider. She's got a lot to think about, a lot of wounds that have, have just broken her down. And so she's maybe not in the position or in a place right now where she's also taking in, well, what have I contributed to the, the break of this marriage? And so this guy's at, at a, again, a tipping point in his life. And this tipping point he finds himself in is, do I continue on this path where the love of my life may not choose to be in love with me anymore? And what does that mean then for my life, even if I want to do all the right things now moving forward? And what he's finding is that his process, his process, it feels so painful right now. But the process that God is taking him through isn't even about the marriage, isn't even about his significant other, it's about him. It's about his rooted things that he's been working on, that he is trying to make God the God of his life again. Someone that he's run from, someone that's never abandoned him, but someone that he's completely run from. And so he's in this process of the shaping and mold of who does he want to be? What does he want to become? The process will always be greater than the pain. And for Jonathan, each side had the challenge. Let's keep reading the cliff on the north was in front of Michmash, and the one on the south was in front of Geba. Let's go across to the outpost of those pagans, Jonathan said to the armor bearer. Perhaps the Lord will help us, for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle whether he has many warriors or only a few. And I love this. That's, that's where the word is. That's, that's, now, there's a lot of words in there. But I'm not focused on the words where Jonathan is saying, nothing can hinder the Lord. That's a truth. I'm not looking at the one where he's saying, let's go over to that outpost where he's ready to pick a fight and challenge the Philistines. No, the one little word that I focus on within this scripture is the perhaps. That's the maybe word. And that maybe word gives me hope. It gives me hope in my insecurity it gives me hope in the impossibilities, the uncertainty. It gives me hope that, that, to know that sometimes even in the midst of making progress, of taking some steps forward in my life, that, that I also will have to obey God and, and maybe Him revealing some other things to work on along the way. There may be moments that in one minute I have great faith and in one moment that comes right after that, 
I'm, I'm being surrounded by fear and the tension that that lives in. But watch the armor bearer here. Watch the armor bearer. He says back to Jonathan, who has this crazy, maybe perhaps God will idea. Do what you think is best, the armor bearer replied. I'm with you completely, whatever you decide. And it puts wind in Jonathan's sails. And so Jonathan says, all right then. Jonathan tells him, we will cross over and we will let them see us. Now picture Jonathan. Picture Jonathan for a moment as someone's agreeing with his crazy maybe. Perhaps the Lord will help us. Nothing can hinder the Lord. This battle against many Philistines, perhaps. (laughs) In many ways, Jonathan's lost his lid here. But we see that this armor bearer is like, you know what? Yes, (laughs) I'm with you completely, whatever you decide. And you know what? I love what Pastor Brian said this morning is that sometimes we are in need of someone that we can come along and just put those wind in our sails. And first and foremost, that is Jesus Christ. But sometimes we also just need an armor bearer too, don't we? Someone, sometimes we just need a person that can also lay that encouraging word before us and, and have our backs and, and look to our greater good and maybe find God in the spot of the story that we're not even seeing him in. I was called into ministry in my early 20s. And I was working to become a psychologist. I was working to make good money, maybe even working at a golf course and just doing that. I I sort of love golf. I was at a mini golf course where I was a manager and just paying for school and doing the thing. And I remember the thing that lit my fire every single Thursday night was being at youth group as a volunteer, just to come and help and and, and serve and and, uh, partner with this ministry that had made such a difference in my life. I felt like I wanted to make the life, a difference in the life of other, other kids, other students. And my grandpa, I've shared the the occasional story here about my grandpa. He's a man of many words, okay? And many words are not clean. (laughs) He's got a lot of different adjectives he uses as he shares these stories. But my grandpa, I remember one specific day coming to the golf course when I was in this tension, do I step into full-time ministry or not? And I remember him. I remember him coming up. This man of many words that's just looking at me. He has no context, but he could see that I was just wearing it that day, that I was in this moment of really like, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? And he just looks at me, says, Brandon, I got you. Don't worry. We're going to take care of this and you're going to be fine. And he goes down to the first tee box just to tee off. I'm telling you, this is the guy that's literally wanting to share 20 minutes of his life in like a minute time that you spend with him. Like that's the guy. And he's sharing in these small words. And I felt the presence of God in that moment of just these small words coming out of the mouth of my grandfather who's on his own journey, his own process of faith. And I felt this conviction, this call of just, yeah, I got you. (laughs) We're going to take care of this. Step into this this moment because this moment is going to be for the rest of your life that I do something incredible in and through you. I'm with you completely, whatever you decide. That's what the armor bearer was saying. I'm not talking about surrounding ourselves with people that are just yes men or just yes women in our lives. I'm talking about people that are maybe your biggest cheerleaders for the thing that God is doing in your life. Maybe the person that's going to be able to say, God is pushing you here. The maybe that you're sort of waffling on, I think you should listen to God. 
I think you should take that step of faith. And don't you love this story, the armor bearer? Whatever you decide. And Jonathan says, well, all right then. And, and I can only imagine this banter going back and forth. And yeah, you think we should do it? Yeah, let's go. Let's do this. And they're chest bumping. And they're getting after it. And they're excited. And they're riding that hype train because nothing else, their fear, their comfort, nothing else is driving them but God saying, yeah, you know what, through, through Jonathan, just perhaps, maybe the Lord's got our back today. And so they step into the moment. Watch Jonathan's plan here. This is about the dumbest plan that we can find in the Bible. All right, then Jonathan told him, we'll cross over and we'll let them see us. <laughs> it seems so unwise, Jonathan. If they say to us, stay where you are or we'll kill you, then we will stop and we will not go up to them. But if they say, come on up and fight, then we will go up. What? That will be the Lord's sign that he will help us defeat them. <laughs> Call me crazy, Jonathan. I thought you were supposed to sneak up on the enemies that you're trying to take out. This doesn't seem like a good plan. But check this out. The only people, the only people that are speaking in this passage are Jonathan, his assistant, and the enemies. If you look at all of this, God doesn't say anything. And so Jonathan's making up this strategy. He's the innovator here. Okay, Saul, my dad, he's underneath the tree, and there's a lot of priests, and there's a lot of soldiers that aren't really doing anything. So let's go over to our enemies, expose ourselves to them, because perhaps the Lord will be with us today. Perhaps the Lord will join us on this venture. And if they say, wait there, we're going to stay where we are. But if they say, come up to us, we're going to walk right into this lion's den, you and me, armor bearer, and we're going to take out these 20-something Philistines. What? That's not a plan, Jonathan. And it gets even dumber. When the Philistines saw them coming, they shouted, look, the Hebrews, they're crawling out of their holes. And then the men from the outpost shouted to Jonathan, come up here and we'll teach you a lesson. Now, there are dozens of these Philistines, all right? A couple dozen of them, 20-ish guys. <laughs> they're, they're thinking, I like our odds. Come on up, you two. The beatings are about to commence. Verse 12, come on, climb right behind me, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, for the Lord will help us defeat them. Maybe, but maybe not. How does Jonathan speak with such confidence? Because the people of God, catch this, the people of God know something that not other people know. And that's that we know with our faith. We know it because of our faith. We know because our faith is in the one who knows. Hebrews 10.38, and my righteous ones will live by faith. Well, what is faith? Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. If you call yourself righteous, if you look to be righteous in your life, choosing to follow the good things of God, then you must have faith. That's a sorry, not sorry. And to be clear... 
to be crystal clear, we can't make ourselves righteous. Only God can. And it's our privilege to have faith in that God. It is our privilege to be those righteous examples of what God can do with an unqualified, unrefined, sometimes misunderstood people like you and me who then go above and beyond, who live beyond our borders of what is reasonable, of what people can understand. Our faith in God is not a recommendation. It's a command. Our faith in God is not a recommendation. It is a command. I want us to write this down, this last thought. Faith pleases God. Faith pleases God. Continuing with Hebrews, this is in verse 6. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Now, the scripture can really come alive to you when you take this premise and you take that scripture in reverse. If it's impossible to please God without faith, if that's impossible, then with faith, pleasing God is possible. And sometimes we'll make this concept very complicated when really it's very easy. My faith pleases God and your faith pleases God the collective of God's people coming together. Our faith, it pleases our great God. We hear all of the Bible stories, and sometimes this can sound so far-fetched to all of us because we'll hear even this story about Jonathan, but we take it beyond that too, right? Do, do we really believe that God took like a filet of fish meal and then like used that to feed about 5,000 other people? Really? Like God did that? You expect me to believe that an entire nation of people, that they walked up to a sea, that the water split this dry path down the middle for them, and everyone was in this like large aquarium. You expect me to trust that this farm boy with a measly slingshot went to battle with Andre the Giant, and he won that battle? Yes, yes, and yes. That's what the people of God believe in. These stories, like Jonathan's, they're all over the Bible. But don't miss this. This is the best part. These stories continue today. Does anybody believe that this morning? These stories of God continue in our everyday life. And we've seen them. We just started our sprint group on Friday. And I was so blessed to hear a story from a, a new couple that's joining us, uh, just one of them was able to join this week, and she mentioned how they've been nine years waiting for a child, nine years of infertility battles, and how even just a reminder of this Take the Lid series took them to a place of reminding them that they had prayed not too long ago of God, I, I believe you can. I, I don't have nine years. Nine years has proven that maybe that's not your will for our lives, but we believe that you can bring us a child. They're pregnant. They're pregnant and expecting in April. That's a beautiful, beautiful story about God's miraculous working in today. These stories are not just for them, right? They're written by faith-filled people today as well. 
God didn't just, just do this in, in what we want to deem as biblical days and then lay down to retire. It is the same God with the same power. These miraculous stories are a beautiful thing. And we can't do anything without our faith. Faith is the foundation to any great move. And our faith pleases God. And so far too many of us, we put this lid on our lives because we just try to live without it. Or maybe we'll have it at 40%. But it's tough to cross that threshold of being a little bit more than 50. A little bit dipping the toe into 51%. I'll trust you 51%, God. And we stay with our, our want to make it certain. You can't receive the miracles. You cannot see the life transformation. You cannot receive the wholeness or revival of what God wants to do in his people unless we experience faith. Faith pleases God. So check this out. Verse 13. And so they climbed up using both hands and feet. And the Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer. His armor bearer killed those who came behind them. Verse 14, they killed some 20 men in all, and their bodies were scattered over about half an acre. God again does the miraculous. Two men taking out a much larger army, a much larger group of men that were ready to wipe them out. And it was all because Jonathan turned to his armor bearer. And he said, perhaps, perhaps God will. So here's the question for us this morning. As we look just to be action-oriented to a maybe faith, have you recently asked yourself, what if God could? Have you asked yourself, what if God would? Maybe. I have this crazy idea. Whew, and I'm looking at both of my, I'm looking at all the facts in front of me, and this seems slippery. This seems thorny on either side. But I'm going to trust God with the process. That the pain that I might experience, that that process will be that much greater. And that my faith, even by taking a step into the cliff filled area, is going to please my God. What if God would? What if God could? And here's what that's going to mean. It may mean 50-50 for you. It may feel like a coin flip. Catch this. It might not work, but God's always working. God is still working. And we can be confident in that second part of that sentence to then go ahead and leap into the maybe, move into the maybe moment of what the first requires. Maybe if I do this, God's will, fill in the blank, and maybe it won't. But I'm going to trust God with the results. I'm going to trust that he's working and I'm going to go with faith throughout because my faith pleases God. If that first thing fails, at least I am not sitting under the pomegranate tree with 600 soldiers around me waiting and not taking any kind of actionable movement 
towards what God may want to show me. I will choose to move on the maybe. And I know there's some of us that are so discouraged this morning. I know some of us have felt like we've been waiting in that moment. You feel like the cliffs are really crashing in on you. You have very little faith left. And you may relate to that feeling of uncertainty and confidence in any given moment. And so you're just sort of faking it till you make it. And you're just going through some of those motions, just sort of trusting where you can. But this is why I love the imagery of this scripture because Jonathan's saying, come on, come on. And then his armor bearer gives him a little bit more energy, like, yeah, whatever you decide. And they're feeding off of that. And it's like, climb right behind me, Jonathan's saying. And I wonder if the Lord is speaking to each of us in this room this morning. He said, just follow me. Just follow me up the, down this, this cliff where it's slippery and it's thorny and I got you. And the idea of being 100%, it's overrated. I wonder if God says that just because he knows 100%. And so if we were to just take that moment to, to cross the 50% barrier, to give our 51, we would start saying that faith doesn't start when we want to control the factors or when we want, don't know about something. No, faith begins when our confidence is in the one who does know. Faith begins when we take the leap to say, I am trusting that he does get it, that he is in the maybe, that the Lord will defeat my enemies. Even when he's just showing me part of the story, even when I don't get to capture the whole picture, God wants me to trust him. He's a good father who wants what's best for his children. He's like this dad that's looking, when I say maybe, I still think that's positive to Camden, to Elodie. I want to give him good gifts. And our Heavenly Father is the same exact way with us. Maybe doesn't mean the negative. Maybe he's not a problem for you. Maybe he's potential. Maybe he's with great hope. So move on the maybe. Would you pray with me? Father, I just ask, Lord, that you would help us that you would help shape us to embrace the maybe moment. God, that you would remove the lid that might be our maybes. Maybe for some of us, Lord, we want 100% clarity. We want 100% certainty. And God, that's what's preventing us from just taking a step. We see on either side of us some real difficulty, some, some areas where we could slip up or some areas that could really poke at us and, and just drive us away from maybe the purpose that you've set for us. God, would you just remove that? Would you grow us in confidence in who you are, in how you're moving, and how you have the answers for every single situation in our lives? That we can remove that lid so we can see the process of what you're doing in our life that much clearer much more clear that we would be able then to also Lord just trust that our faith pleases our holy God you have done so much for us God we want to please you Heavenly Father so grow our faith grow our maybe moment and help us move into that and God we will give you all the glory we will give you all the credit for the stories you will tell through our lives for the purpose and meaning that you will 
show through the way you're doing the new thing in us. Just help us to be obedient to that, God. And help us to take that step. Lord, we love you and we pray these things in your great name. Thanks for tuning in to this week's message. If you would like to learn more about Northern Hills, you can go to nhills.org. You can also follow us online on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram for more updates and events. We look forward to seeing you next week.